Thanks to Raycon Wireless Earbuds for supporting the Productivity Show. Raycon Earbuds started about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com TPS. Welcome to the Productivity Show, a podcast by Asian Efficiency to help you maximize your productivity so you can get everything done without having to sacrifice your health, family, and things that matter to you. We've helped tens of thousands of people save time, be happier, and become more productive. Your calendar is your most important productivity tool. It represents so much, what your commitments are, what your opportunities are, and what is going on in your life and your work. In fact, we would even say that your calendar is the true reflection of your priorities. It represents what you actually spent your time on, not what you wish you spent your time on. Your calendar can be forced for good with your productivity. And in this episode, we're going to share three tips to help you master your calendar and become Jedi level productive. You can find links to everything that we share in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com slash 306. And now on with the show. We are back and live for another productivity show. How are you today, Brooks? I'm great. It's a little cold here in Vancouver, so I got the hoodie on, uh, the recording hoodie on. But uh, other than that, everything's great. Doesn't look like an Asian efficiency hoodie, so I don't know if this is approved or not. I never got one. I only have the T-shirt. I wasn't lucky enough to to get the coveted hoodie. We'll have to rectify that. <laughs> oh well, I have a stash here at home, so next time I uh, I see you, I'll have to. <laughs> I'll have to give you one, but I'm wearing a t-shirt because it's bloody hot here in Austin, Texas. It is summer here officially. So I'm excited about that. And I know we are recording from the dojo as well. we have an Austin night here as well that is watching and listening to us here today. But so we're going to be talking about how to master your calendar. We're going to share some specific calendar strategies that we use and arguably one of the most efficient and effective productivity tools out there, because if you're not using a calendar, you're really missing out on how much more productive you could be. And if you already are using a calendar, we're going to share some tips with you here today that will take it into another stratosphere because once you know how to use a calendar effectively and efficiently, it can really improve your productivity tremendously. So before we start diving into today's content, I just want to make sure everyone knows who's who. My name is Tam Pham, founder and CEO of Asian Efficiency, where we help people become more productive at work and in life. And today I have my co-host, Brooks Duncan. How are you? That's right. I'm great. I'm up here in Vancouver, Canada, and really excited to be talking about calendars, which i not a phrase I ever thought I would say, but I've come to love and embrace my calendar. So excited to get into it. So if you're brand new to using calendars, maybe I haven't really dabbled using a calendar tool. This episode is going to be for you. If you've maybe used a calendar before, but you feel like you can get more out of it, this episode is for you as well. We'll have some tips and tricks for you here. And if you're someone who's a veteran at using a calendar, we're going to share some tips for you here today as well. But before we start diving into today's content, we always like to share some of our top three favorite resources as of lately. And Brooks, I know you have a list here for everyone. So would you mind sharing what you got for us today? Yeah, so these are three things that we're loving and recommending these days. Number one is called World Time Buddy. So we mostly use it on the web here at Asian Efficiency, but they also have an iOS app and an Android app. So it really lets you convert time zones, see activities going on in different time zones. 
look at what time it is in different places. We use it when we have invitations so people can see what time it is for them in their time zone, but it does a lot more than that. So World Time Buddy is really handy. Next one is Asana. This is a tool we recommend a lot for people who want to keep track of tasks and projects, especially when you're working with others. Asana is one of the better tools for that. And number three is a book called The Bullet Journal Method by Ryder Carroll. We're going to be talking about bullet journals a little bit today. And you don't need to read this book in order to use a bullet journal. There's a lot of resources online for doing that. And we actually have a course on the bullet journal in the dojo. But if you want like a good introduction. I was a little skeptical when uh, this book was recommended to me, but I read it and it is a, a pretty good and it will definitely get you on board with the concept of using a bullet journal. We'll have links to everything here in the show notes. So if you go to theproductivityshow.com slash three or six, you'll find everything there and also everything that we'll talk about today. If you're listening to us in a podcast app, you'll be able to just swipe and you'll see some show notes and links there as well. Before we start diving in, I also want to announce that if you're a Dojo member, and if you, even if you're not, you should become a Dojo member, but we have a do the damn thing call coming up. This is one of our live coaching calls that we do in front of our community where we actually start working with our members and have them implement stuff. So it's not us teaching, but it's actually working together on implementing something. So it could be like a simple habit, a new tool. For this particular month, we're going to have mastering your calendar as the theme for the DTDT or do the damn thing. So we're going to show you and walk you through on how to set up a calendar, actually put the best practices in place and actually have you do it live with us as well. And if you have any questions, then we can answer them live. So if you want to go to join that particular DTDT, you would go to the productivity show dot com slash implement and if you're already a member you will get an email from us but if you're not a member again go to that url deproductivityshow.com slash implement all right brooks why are we talking about calendars today well here's one thing that i've definitely learned from working with people here at ae and other people i talk to the most productive people all use a calendar. Like we don't know anybody who we would consider Asian efficient who doesn't use a calendar. And what I mean by using a calendar isn't that you have a calendar up on your wall and it just kind of sits there and you can see what day it is, or maybe you put birthdays or big ticket appointments on there. When we say use a calendar, we mean proactively use your calendar in order to manage your day and your life. So if you say to yourself, oh, I'm a productive person and I don't really use my calendar. Well, imagine if you actually use one, you'd become like Jedi level Asian efficient. And when you think about it, the calendar is, is such an important representation of what we have going on. You know, we all get 24 hours in a day. We all get 168 hours in a week. And how you allocate them is really up to you. Like we might have some things we have to do, but we often have to have a lot of intentional time as well. So you can either be proactive and intentional with what you focus on, or you can be reactive and just see what comes up. And the tool you can use to really be in control of that is a calendar. The way I like to use a calendar or the way I look at that particular tool is for me mostly about what's realistic versus what's not realistic. And when I use a calendar, I know what's realistic. These are some of the things that I can get done. These are some of the things that I know I can accomplish based on my commitments that I have, whether it's appointments or errands that I have to run, right? Because if I have a meeting day, let's say 
Wednesdays in our company is meeting day and we have like six or seven meetings in a day, I'm probably not going to get a lot of stuff done, right? And if I know that ahead of time that I'm committed to all these meetings, I know that I shouldn't be stressing out about missing out on doing some deep work or some create creative writing or whatever. But if I don't know that, then I can easily, you know, get upset about something. I could, you know, have all this negative self-talk of like how terrible I am, how unproductive I am, when in fact it wasn't realistic whatsoever. So I find the calendar as a tool really effective in terms of, okay, this is something that is actually realistic in terms of what I can do and this is what it's not. And by externalizing it and also making it visual, it makes it really easy to see what's coming up and then also kind of plan accordingly. Because ultimately planning your week or planning your day is just really comes down to what's realistic and what's not and what can I actually accomplish. Yeah, for me, like my calendar is one of my definitely one of my most important planning tools. Whenever I get into trouble productivity wise, it's almost always because I planned to do something that realistically just couldn't happen if I had really considered what was going on with my calendar. Like, for example, today, the day we're recording this, we actually had quite a few meetings at AE as we were planning some stuff and just doing some some meetings uh, starting at 8 a.m. this morning. And it was pretty back to back for a lot of the day. So. I actually had quite a few things that I would have loved to do today in a perfect world, but thankfully I looked at my calendar and I knew that a lot of these things just were not going to happen today. So I didn't even plan them. I didn't uh, put them as one of my most important tasks. I planned to do it maybe tomorrow or Friday or the next day because I just knew looking at my calendar today that it wasn't going to happen. And anytime, like I said, I've gotten into trouble productivity wise is because I didn't do that. And I didn't use my calendar as a base. So we have three tips for you here today to master your calendar. So if you're brand new, intermediate and advanced, we have some stuff for you here today. And I'm going to share a tip with you that I've never shared anywhere else before. So uh, you're in store for some really Jedi Asian efficiency tips here today. So the first tip is to pick the type of calendar you want to use. Now, you have digital calendars. Most of us are probably familiar with that, right? And if you've been following us for a while, you know some of our favorite apps for that. But we also have paper calendars. We have wall calendars as well. And one of the first decisions you have to make is what medium or what type of calendar are you going to use? Are you going to be a digital person, man or woman? Are you going to be an analog or paper person? Uh, Or are are you going to be a hybrid version? You're going to use both digital and paper. And I wouldn't say that there's like one is better than the other necessarily. Everyone's lifestyle, circumstances, how you work is a little different, but there are certain advantages and disadvantages to each and every one of them. Brooks, what, what kind of person are you? So I would have always said that I'm a digital person. Like I've just never been an analog calendar person. As long as I've been intentional with my calendar, it's always been digital. However, in the last little while, I would say I've gone a bit more on the hybrid side. So by hybrid, we mean you use a digital calendar, but you also use an analog calendar of some sort, either as a equal or as some sort of supplement. Uh, So for myself, I use a digital calendar primarily, but then we have an analog family calendar. How about you? Are you team digital or team paper? I am team digital 99% of the way. And then the 1% is for analog or paper because I have a, you can kind of see it on screen, a a new year (laughs) paper calendar where I put some of my milestones on. 
And then sometimes I'll use my whiteboard as a way to kind of like plan my day a little bit and then also plan my week a little bit as well to jot some notes down and ideas of just stuff I need to be aware of. So for example, if I need to pick up dry cleaning, for example, I wouldn't necessarily pick that up on my digital calendar sometimes because I have flexibility in terms of whether I pick it up on a Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. So I wouldn't allocate that specifically on my calendar, but I'll write it down on my whiteboard and say, hey, Tian, you need to pick this up, right? And so that's how I kind of like become the 1% of not being digital. So what are some of the advantages, Brooks, for using a paper or analog calendar? Yeah, it's funny. Even though I don't use an analog calendar in general, I can definitely see the appeal. So what some people find is like just just the act of using a pen or or a stylus or something to jot down calendar events on a paper calendar. It just helps remember appointments, reminders, to do list items. It just kind of like submits it more in memory. So so sometimes you don't even necessarily need to as much go and consult your calendar because the physical act of writing it down has has helped you be on top of it. Some people find that just the having a, a nice paper calendar just helps them see everything at a glance. That's one benefit of that New Year calendar that you have on the wall, and I use one too. I forgot to mention that. Just being able to see the year in one glance can be really helpful for those big rock items. You're not going to put every single thing on that type of calendar. But even for planning people's week, many people like being able to see the week at a glance, which you can kind of do in digital, but it's not quite the same. Also, what... Uh, an appeal that I definitely see is this concept of less time on screen. So the more time you have away from digital and screens, the the less distractions there are. A lot of people, especially in the times like right now, which are kind of crazy, they're actually finding a lot of benefit and solace from getting away from that screen and just sl- more slowly planning things out and writing things down on paper. This is one of the reasons I mentioned the bullet journal earlier. I know a number of people who are kind of switching to the bullet journal method right now because they find that, because they find solace in the slower working with paper. And if you are interested in the bullet journal, Tan mentioned the dojo earlier, we have a a great course that helps you get started on the bullet journal in the dojo. So a lot of people have really liked that one. How about you, Tan, for, for digital, like what... What do you see, as, since you're 99% digital, like you said, what do you see as the advantages of digital calendaring? I think there are a lot of them. Personally, I find it much faster. So entering stuff on my calendar digitally, whether it's on my computer or iPhone or tablet, is super fast, right? And especially with natural language, meaning you could type in, I have a meeting at 3 p.m. with Brooks Duncan. I can literally just type that in and it will be on my calendar at 3 p.m. with Brooks Duncan. Right. So that makes it really easy and really fast. And uh, most calendar apps nowadays have that natural language processing. So if you're not aware of that, just try it out right now in your calendar app and you'll be surprised uh, what you can do and what you can get away with. So I found that really convenient. Uh, The other thing is when I'm collaborating with other people, I can quickly add them to the calendar events. And so by adding other people, they become aware of it and it becomes a very collaborative effort that way. So it could be with your clients, it could be with internal team members, it could be outside people, uh, meaning outside of your organization or even family members and getting them involved and planning something that way makes it really fun and easy as well, right? So you could do a group outing with your team members, you could do a family day somewhere and put it all on your digital calendar as well. And the family members don't have to be in the same household, it could be in different Uh, areas, right? So 
digital in that sense has a lot of benefits. And then also when I'm planning, I find that being able to scroll around my months and weeks ahead of time allows me to kind of forecast a little bit what's going on and, and when stuff is happening. And because you can color code stuff as well, which we'll talk about later, it makes things a little easier to kind of see like where things are at. One of the newer things that I've implemented over the last few months is now some of my calendar events have emojis as prefixes. So for example, if I'm doing a podcast, right, whether it's internally or externally, meaning I'm appearing on someone else's podcast, I will have this like microphone emoji at the beginning of the name of the calendar events. And then if I'm doing like a video, like a video interview or a video podcast somewhere, uh, I'll have like this camera emoji at the beginning of the title. So it will say something like camera emoji, Tan appears on X podcast or something like that or a YouTube video. And then if I have an in-person meeting with someone, I'll have like a bright yellow star at the beginning. And so when I'm scanning my calendar, I can just look at the emojis and kind of see what's going on and particularly if I have to like dress up or something or if I just have to go somewhere, meet someone in person, it makes it really easy. And I find that even more efficient than color coding because with the icons, I can kind of see what my day kind of looks like. So that's something I find very beneficial to using a digital calendar for. And if if you're listening to this, you're probably wondering, okay, Tian, this sounds great, but what are your apps? What do you recommend? And uh, if you've been following us for a while, you know we are big fans of Google Calendar, right? We also like BusyCal on top of that and Fantastical. So those are some of the apps that I personally use. I use them both. Most of the time, I tend to use BusyCal for like planning and just like day-to-day use. And then Fantastical, I use oftentimes on my phone. I find that the UI on the phone is very beautiful and easy to use. Whereas on the desktop, I really prefer BusyCal, which is kind of like a power user calendar app. And if you're on Windows, you know, I think Outlook is probably the gold standard there and probably something that everyone should really use on that particular platform. Yeah, one thing we do want to say, though, is we don't want you to walk away from this episode thinking if you do want to go digital, that you have to go out and buy one of these power calendar apps. I actually recommend that you not do that. I recommend that you start using the built in tools, whether it's just the calendar on your iPad or Mac or in Windows or on your mobile device. Just start with that one. And then if you get the hang of you doing things digitally, and then if you find that you're hitting some limitations or you see some benefit, then you can move to these more power apps. Because what happens a lot of times is they start with using a, a, one of these power calendar apps and they think that and they run into trouble because maybe some of the configuration is a bit complex and then it just adds to the problem that they're trying to solve. So I'd recommend start simple and then improve from there. And the beautiful thing is when you go hybrids, which is kind of like the third variation here, meaning you use a combination of paper, analog, and digital, you can kind of have the best of both worlds too, right? And you and I kind of like in some shape or form do that as well. I'm definitely more digital than than I would say a hybrid version, but I use paper and analog tools as well. Uh, sometimes when I'm planning my day, I, I literally use a sticky note and, you know, I have something here right now written down on a sticky note because I want to just simplify something. And so I'm not afraid to use, you know, paper or sticky notes or keep it uh, really old school <laughs> in that sense. <laughs> but have you seen any sort of advantages or disadvantages from using a hybrid model, maybe amongst your own usage or, or in your family or clients? 
Yeah. So if you're going for the hybrid calendar, uh, there's different ways you can do it. So one way is to have like the master, what we call the master system be a digital calendar. So that's your Google calendar, your office, your Microsoft 365, your iCloud calendar. That's kind of like your, the definitive master calendar. And then maybe you use an analog calendar, uh, like a paper calendar as your second way, your capture or your other interface. So for example, what I do is everything we do lives in Google Calendar for our family. I have a personal one, family one, et cetera, et cetera. But then we have a family calendar on the wall so that the entire family gets a snapshot of what's going on that week. And we tried to kind of do digital for the whole family, but it never really stuck. So I, I talked about this more in, in a lot of detail in TPS 235. So we'll have a link to that in the show notes. But that has been a situation where trying to get everybody to go digital just wasn't going to work. So we did a hybrid model. What other people do too is they they again have the digital calendar as their their master, but when they're planning their day, they write down their appointments for the day on a paper planner, and then they kind of roll with that through the day. So they don't have the distraction of the screens and stuff like that. They have everything on paper, but that that master calendar is there digitally. So you kind of get the, the benefits of all of that. Working from home is filled with distractions, and one way that I deal with that is by listening to music or other sounds throughout the day. The thing is, though, I want to hear what I'm listening to, not what other people in the house are listening to. I love my kids, but when I'm working, I don't want to be distracted by them yelling at their gaming friends. A key piece of equipment that we recommend for working from home is a great pair of wireless earbuds. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. We teamed up with Raycon and they're offering 15% off your order at buyraycon.com TPS. I've been really impressed with the Raycon earbuds. They're really comfortable and they come with different tips so that they'll fit anyone's ears just right. They're perfect for listening to music, conference calls, or podcasts. I also use them in the kitchen when I'm helping to clean up after meals. I have the Raycons in while I have a show going on my iPad. It's perfect because I can just move around the room freely. Another thing I like about them is they're stylish and discreet. They fit in your ear subtly and they don't have dangling wires or stems hanging down. My kids were actually really excited when I got them because a lot of their favorite celebrities are obsessed with them. So it was nice being a cool dad for about 30 seconds. Raycon earbuds started about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market and they sound just as great as other top audio brands that you know. Their newest model is the one I have, the Everyday E25 earbuds. They have six hours of playtime, really easy Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating fit. The noise-isolating feature works really well. So get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com TPS. That's buyraycon.com TPS for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com TPS. One thing I've discovered and noticed is that the big downside of going hybrid is that sometimes there's a little bit of duplicate work there, meaning, okay, you look at your digital calendar, you copy it over to your physical calendar, right? So that's a duplication there. But the other way around is also dangerous because if you are taking appointments on paper, but then don't put them on your master calendar, which could be digital, then you have like 
essentially a calendar that's out of sync, right? So that's something you would want to pay attention to. And I think that's one of the downsides of using a hybrid model. So you have to be very careful and mindful of that whenever you capture stuff in one medium that it carries over to the other one. And typically it goes from medium paper to the medium digital that is kind of like missing for, for most people that go to hybrid model. So if you are using that variation, uh, that's something you want to pay attention to. And like Brooks mentioned, we talked more extensively in TPS 235 about that. So if you go to theproductivityshow.com slash 235, you'll be able to listen to that particular episode. All right, so that is the first tip. Again, you wanna make sure you pick the right type of calendar for you. Let's move on to the second tip here for today, and that is to determine what you need to put on your calendar. Now, typically when we first start learning about how to use a calendar, we typically put appointments on there, right? It's a way to kind of figure out what's actually going on in my day and also this particular week, and what time you need to be somewhere. And that's a really foundational level of how to use a calendar. But there's so many other things you can do with that, right? You could put appointments with yourself on there for you to focus on stuff. You could put like whole day events on there if you want to like theme your days and focus that way. And there's so many creative ways you can use this. So we want to give you some ideas here of how you can use your calendar in different ways. And so I'm curious to hear from you, Brooks, what are some of the unique ways of you using your calendar? Yeah, so I have the the standard appointment and appointments and meetings. Sometimes I'll put yeah, like time specific tasks, things that have to happen at a certain time. Occasionally, usually I use my task manager for that, but sometimes if I want to be really sure, I will put it on my calendar. Sometimes I will do time blocks. So if I want to make sure when I'm planning my day, if I want to make sure that I have space to work on on something uh, like I did this today, there's something I I want to do actually right after we record this podcast, I'm going to be working on. So I actually have that on my calendar so that I, I don't get booked something else during that time. I know when I'm looking at my day that I'm going to need to have the time and energy to do that task because it's on my calendar. I'm, I'm able to prepare for that. Sometimes I will also put, I don't do this every day, but sometimes if I have a a packed day, I will put breaks on my calendar as well. So I'll put right now, I have a standing 10 o'clock short meeting every day to go up and I call it my family huddle where, uh, cause my kids are home right now uh, as we record this. So hopefully they don't come downstairs while we're recording, but I have it on my calendar to go up and uh, like check on them, see how the school is going, see if there's anything they, I need help. They need my help with through the day. I actually have that on my calendar and they know that I'm going to be doing that at 10 o'clock so that they don't come down to ask me things and interrupt my working time because they know and I know that I'm going to be coming to them. And I have that on my calendar to make sure that I have time to do it. Another thing that I do that has been really helpful in the past is I have a separate planning calendar. So when my wife and I are planning out, say, as an example, we're planning, say we're planning the summer vacation and we are maybe planning some trips and we're planning camps and activities that we're going to put the kids into throughout the summer. We have a separate calendar for that. And then it just helps us sit down with the iPad and just have it block it out on the calendar in big and big blocks. And that helps us 
plan this big picture planning. We're not going to get into the specifics, but then we know we've got our summer mapped out just using that separate calendar. So yeah, those are some of the things that I do and it's worked out really well for me. So appointments, meetings, I think are really basic things everyone can put on the calendar, right? Then we also have time-specific tasks. So for example, let's say that you have to call the bank and typically you know that the bank is not as busy or the customer service line is not as busy at a particular day and a particular time. That would be a great thing to put on your calendar as well to say, hey, I'm going to call the bank at one o'clock because typically it's not that busy around that time, right? So that's something that you can do as well. Something we've talked about plenty of times on a podcast is putting focus blocks or time blocks on your calendar. So you're in a way making appointments with yourself to say, hey, I'm going to focus and be creative at this particular day and time. Right. So for example, for me, I know that typically I do most of my writing between 8 and 10 a.m. in the mornings on Monday and Tuesday. So I have those blocks of time blocked off on my calendar to to work on that. And so that's something that you can do as well. So make appointments with yourself to do certain things. And like you mentioned, Brooks, putting in dates where you have like breaks planned out is a great way to do that as well. So not just like lunch and dinner, but also just days off, right? So for example, right now I'm going through a phase where over a span of six weeks, I'm taking a three-day weekend. So I have every Friday off over a span of six weeks. And that's something I kind of pre-planned ahead of time because I was looking for ways to kind of like take more of a break and kind of relax and focus on self-care and start doing other things that I need to do. So those are some of the things you want to consider. And uh, personally, what I always like to do is anything that is time sensitive, meaning it has a time associated with that, always goes on my calendar. But a deadline typically does not move to my calendar. It is typically in my task manager. So for example, if I have to submit a newsletter by Wednesday, then I will have that in my OmniFocus, my task manager, to have a, a field that says deadline is Wednesday. So it's actually not on my calendar. Right. So again, my calendar, when you look at it, it's typically time sensitive stuff. Other creative ways I put stuff on there is, for example, I I work out a lot and I work with a nutritionist. And sometimes for a span of a certain week, I will do like a certain certain caloric deficit or caloric surplus. So I might I count my macros so I know how many calories I eat on a specific day. And so on my calendar, sometimes I will put in, hey, this is the week I started eating, let's say 2,500 calories a day or something like that, right? So when I can uh, review my calendar, I can kind of look back and see, oh, wow, Tan was eating 2,500 calories on that specific day and time or for that particular week. The flip side of that is some days I'll be fasting and I'll put that on my calendar as well. So this is like a whole day event, but it's not marked as busy, Right, so people can still book meetings with me if they wanted to. But internally, for me, I can see that oh, I'm I'm planning to fast that particular day to do like a 24-hour fast, or oftentimes I try to shoot for 36 hours. And so there's some some other ways to kind of like be creative with your calendar. And if you want to take it to like Jedi level status, you, what you really want to learn is how to use a calendar alongside your task manager. So how do you use something like BusyCal with OmniFocus, which is kind of like my tool set, right? And once you can learn and discover how that works together, I mean, that's like one of the key ingredients for you know, a personal productivity system, which we've talked about in different episodes before. But those are some of the things that you should consider. 
Yeah, I'm glad you made that distinction between using your calendar alongside with your task manager, because this is a question that get comes up quite a bit, which is, you know, what, what should go on a calendar versus, versus what should go on a task manager? And you gave some examples of for you. But yeah, like a task manager is the actual projects and tasks that you work on. And the calendar, for me anyway, the calendar is the time you set aside to do those projects and tasks. Like, for example, this podcast that recording that we're doing right now, that is on my calendar. I need to make sure that I'm here uh, at the time to record. However, I don't have everything involved in this podcast on my calendar. I don't have upload recording, choose title, all that stuff on my calendar. That doesn't belong there. That belongs on a task manager. So that's the way that I think of it. One thing that Janira, we record these episodes live with our dojo audience. One thing Janira brought up a great point, which is if you are in a leadership position at your company, if you have team members and you have staff, this can be a good opportunity to model good calendar behavior for your team as well. Like, And the, the way it came up is Janira mentioned, she, she calls herself a calendar autocrat, where she insists her team keeps up their calendars, even though for them it doesn't seem important. But she knows, and anyone who's led a team knows, that the more that the team embraces the concept of having a a good calendar set up the better everyone works together because everybody you don't have these road bumps everybody knows where everyone else is and everybody knows what everyone's availability is and it just solves so many problems when you you and your team all use a calendar properly so the thing to keep in mind all the ideas that we just talked about i don't recommend that you put them all into action right away because then your calendar will look very overwhelming. And especially when we talk about the third tip here, it will go even crazy to the extent that you might not want to use a calendar going forward. And keep in mind that we've been using a calendar for over a decade, right? So we have a lot of experience and we've tried a lot of different things and we added stuff over time. So even though we have a lot of, you know, kind of cool tips and tricks going on, we recommend that you always implement just one thing at a time and over time, you're going to have your own way of using a calendar that might look really intimidating to others, but is completely normal to you, right? And that takes time. So just implement one thing at a time. All right. So the second tip was determine what you need to put on your calendar, right? And we gave a lot of ideas there. So let's move on to tip number three here. And that is to color code your events or to color code your calendar. Many people, for some reason, don't know that you can do this. Oftentimes, when we just use the default calendar, uh, in this case, we're talking about digital here, most people don't know that you can actually color code them, right? So you can have a way to, say, color code certain events so they are green, which might indicate that you're working. And then maybe you have certain events that are blue, which might indicate that you're working out or exercising. And then you have maybe stuff that's orange, which could indicate that these are hobbies, Maybe you have something that's purple that could indicate those are meetings. And so when once you color code your calendar, what's cool about that is that once you start looking from like a month point of view or like a weekly point of view, you can kind of see what's kind of going on in a typical week. And if a color stands out or it's dominating, then you know that particular activity is very dominant heavy in that particular week, which could be meetings, it could be errands, maybe it's you exercising, depending on what your goals are, right? If your goal is to say exercise a lot, then hopefully that that color that you assign to exercise appears a lot 
on your calendar. And if it doesn't, you can kind of know, oh, you know, that, that color doesn't appear that very often. I, I need to do something about this, right? So that's where col color coding is so useful. And there's some other ways you can use it as well. But uh, Brooks, I'm kind of curious to hear how do you use this or do you use it at all? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big color coder and I kind of give some thought to the colors that I use too. So for me, I have my personal calendar that's red. Red's my favorite color. So I have my personal calendar red. I have my family calendar purple, which is for no good reason other than uh, that's just what we picked. So the, color, the calendar that I share with my wife and theoretically my kids, though they never look at it, is purple. And then my AE calendar for my Asian efficiency stuff is orange. So Asian efficiency orange, that's all my AE stuff is in orange. And then my planning calendars are green. So like you said, when I look at my calendar, I can see right away what's going on in the day. And the nice thing about having, and this is with digital, the nice thing about doing it this way is most calendar tools and apps let you hide calendars. So by splitting your calendars up and color coding them, you can then turn on and off different calendars. So if you want to just focus on your work stuff and don't want to get cluttered by personal stuff, you can turn those personal calendars off and just see your work stuff and then turn them on later. Or if you want it like a holistic view of everything going on in the day, you just have them all turned on and then you get a realistic picture. So this ability to turn on and off calendars, I really recommend that you take advantage of that if you're somebody who uses digital the emoji tip is a great one because we've had some people mention to us that the tool that they use for calendars doesn't support color coding at least the events don't show up in different colors and so one workaround to that could be the emojis that you were talking about so if you can't for whatever reason change the colors in your tool then you could use emojis and you kind of get the, the same effect so that that is one solution yeah, personally, I didn't put too much thought behind my colors. But for those who are listening here, there's lots of different types of events, right? We kind of talked about that in the last tip. So you could have stuff like workouts, breaks, when you're eating, when you're working, or when you're focusing or being creative. It could be certain rituals. It could be calls and meetings. Like all of these could have their own color, right? You have to kind of determine what color you give to each uh, my recommendation is to avoid shades as much as possible. So if you like blue, don't do don't do different shades of blue. That's uh, really confusing and <laughs> not very productive either. I've I've tried that and I can tell you that does not work whatsoever. So don't do that. Mm -hmm. So the more variety you have, like the more it looks like a rainbow in a way, the better, right? So for me personally, I use very few colors like green, blue, purple, red, uh, orange as well. And I find that using that in combination with the emojis is very helpful as well. Uh, and like you mentioned, Brooks, if you can't color code, using emojis at, as a prefix at the beginning might be like a workaround for you in that sense, right? And ever since you kind of shared that keyboard shortcut with me to pull out those emojis, it made my life so much easier. So it's a control command spacebar on the Mac at least of uh, being able to pull out those emojis. So if you're using a Mac, again, control, command, spacebar, it will pull out the emoji keyboard. Any other benefits from using color coding that you've seen or experienced or maybe a use case that you like to share? Well, one thing is you talked about this a little bit, but but when you're when you color code your calendar and being able to see what's going on visually, you just kind of get in this headspace to know 
I'm going to have a really high mental energy day or I am going to have a more easy day. And it, it just lets you get in that mind space before you even sit down and plan your day. You're already in a headspace of knowing what's going to happen. And I find that really, really helpful. If you are like, man, I really need to color code my calendars, but I don't know how to do this. Good thing is that we have a course inside the dojo that will show you how to do that. We'll actually show you step-by-step step how to set it up as well. And also we'll show you how to color code your calendar with different examples. So if you're a dojo member, go check out that course or search for the calendar course. And if you're not a dojo member, you can join by going to theproductivityshow.com slash dojo. And then also with the DTDT coming up, do the damn thing, we're going to walk you through this as well. So if you want to show up live and have you implement it with us as we give you some coaching and guidance on how to do that, you definitely don't want to miss out on that. So if you want to join us there, go to theproductivityshow.com slash implements. And if you join a little bit after the live session, uh, you can always get access to the recordings as well. All right, so that is uh, the three tips that we have here today. But Brooks, I know you were overly excited. And right before we went live, you added a bonus tip for everyone here <laughs> because I know this is one of your favorite calendar tips. Uh, and that is to add buffer blocks to your calendars. And if you've been following us for a while, you've heard Brooks talk a lot about this. Maybe if you've been following the 12 week year, you might have heard of this concept. But Brooks, for those who've never heard of buffer blocks, can you explain what this is? Yeah, when we talk about buffer blocks, we kind of mean, mean it from two different perspectives. So first is the perspective that is outlined in the 12-week year. So you can check out the book, the 12-week year, or again, uh, not to hype up our dojo courses too much, but we also have a dojo course about the 12-week year as well. But you can also check out the book, the 12-week year. And the concept of buffer blocks there is uh, what you want to do is add some time during each day. Maybe it's at the start of the day, the end of the day, or some time that works with your schedule where you keep that free so that you can do those kind of admin tasks, things that come up, checking email, unexpected events that come up that you are able to time shift to a different point by having space set aside in your calendar for those things. Then when those things come up, they're less likely to derail the stuff you have on your calendar. So as an example, if you have on your calendar that you are going to work on some project and then someone sends you an email or gives you a call and asks if you can pull up some sort of report, well, it you know depends on the relationship and how soon that's needed, but chances are it may not be needed right that second. So what might happen is when we get a request like this, it derails the thing that we're working on. But if we have uh, buffer blocks set up throughout our day, then we can say, sure, I will do that, but I will get it to you at 4.30 this afternoon. And you already have that time set aside for all of these sorts of unexpected things that come up. So that's a buffer block. That's one way to look at it. Uh, and number two is by just making sure, and some calendar booking tools will let you set this automatically, that you have sp some space between meetings in order to handle rests, snack, and also follow-ups. Like I know somebody, actually we talked about it, Erin uh, Chase, I'll pull up the episode number from the $5 dinner. She was on the productivity show and she says what she does is when she books a, a meeting, she always tacks on say 20 minutes to half an hour after each meeting so that she can do those follow-ups right away after each meeting. Because otherwise what often happens is we have all these action items that come out with a meeting, but then everybody 
forgets about them or it doesn't get done or it just ends up messing up your time in other times during your week. Whereas if you add a little bit of buffer time after each meeting, then you can just knock those things off right away and they they don't impact the rest of your week. I found buffer blocks really helpful and I've always kind of had them, but I never really put them on my calendar personally because I know typically like the, the last 30 minutes of my day is usually when I do a lot of the off-ramping for the day, right? So like I prepare my to-do list for the next day, anything that kind of got missed or needs like last minute attention, that's usually when I allocate it to that time as well. So if something comes up during the day and I have to do it at some point, I usually try to move it towards the end of the day as much as possible, which is kind of like my unofficial buffer block. And uh, speaking of appointments, a lot of people can book meetings with me through say a tool such as Calendly. And one of the settings that they have in there is that you can introduce like buffer blocks between calls, right? So that you don't get stuck between uh, doing lots of calls back to back to back with no breaks in between. Because sometimes you have to, you know, use the bathroom or need a quick bite or drink or get outside to get some sunlight or go for a walk or uh, actually go somewhere. And so if you're using a scheduling tool such as Calendly or Schedule Ones or something like that, uh, you always want to make sure you introduce buffer blocks between calls as well. So you don't feel like you're being on call all the time and you never have a, a break or anything. All right. So that is the bonus tip. And as always with Asian efficiency and the productivity show, we want to make sure things are simple and actionable. So there's a lot for you to implement here today. But if we had to kind of summarize it, what we would suggest you do next is choose what type of calendar you're going to use. Are you going to be analog paper? Are you going to be digital or are you going to be a hybrid model? Which one of these three resonates most with you? And once you have one, we recommend that you start putting your appointments on there, put time-specific tasks on there, and also some specific events and maybe even color code them if you can to take it up a notch. And if you want to learn how to do this specifically live with us or get access to some trainings with us on how we do this and walk you through step-by-step on how to set this up, color code it, and make sure that everything is up and running. We have a do the damn thing call coming up very soon. So if you want to register for that, you would go to theproductivityshow.com slash implement, and we'll make sure that you're going to get access to the training or be there live with us as well. And it's going to be taking place July 7th. So if you're listening to this before then, be sure to register for that to attend live. And if you're coming after that, you'll be able to get access to the recordings of that. Again, it is theproductivityshow.com slash implement. Do you wish there were more hours in a day? Are you behind on your to-do list? If you want to be more productive and get proven tools to help you save time, then you must check out our new productivity assessment. Within two minutes of taking this free assessment, the tool will generate a personal recommendation list of which apps, tools, and strategies that will work for you based on your life situation. To take the assessment, just go to theproductivityshow.com slash quiz. Again, that URL is theproductivityshow.com slash quiz. Take their free assessment today and you'll be on your way to becoming superhuman productive. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next Productive Monday.